Well, howdy there, dead and lovely listeners. It's another brand new mini-sode extravaganza featuring the host with the most. It's me, your good buddy, Uncle Ben, joined by my lovely leading lady. It's me, Tante Kate. Hey! Hey, my voice is back. Hey, it's back. That's right. it's awesome. You got it all there. We also have some dogs chewing on some crunchy chews under the table right here. You might get some little doggy ASMR going on in this episode. It's just a little turkey neck. Just eating turkey neck. Well, you already eat. We got a turkey boy. He's eating a turkey neck. Just makes sense. Right? Sure. Why is it that it's like so disgusting, just awful to hear people eat, but like dogs chewing a tasty treat? It's just adorable. It is the cutest thing. I will watch my dogs tear up duck heads chicken heads all day long just the crunch of it i love it them but dogs are like odb they like it raw one person starts chewing gum with their mouth open i'm gonna stab them with a fork hard pass it's over i don't know why that standard exists but it's definitely a thing isn't it well only in this household there are a lot of people who enjoy asmr Ugh. Ugh. we can start we can start no don't like tap this. your fingernails on that microphone none of that none of that this isn't the place for that this is a place for giving a mini <laughs> review on a movie what we just seen over at central cinema in knoxville tennessee a great little independent that theater. is not a horror movie yeah okay yeah but Spoilers. people keep talking about it because he's a horror director and i feel just up front this is not a horror movie by any means although no, it has some weird no. things. Everything has weird things, and you and Steven love to be like, well, there's horrific element. It's not a horror Sure. Movie. We're white guys with a podcast. <laughs> this, this is what we do. This straight up is a drama. It is a surreal, abstract drama. It's not a horror movie. Well, but I know for sure that whenever all of us horror nerds hear the name New Ari Aster Movie by A24, it's like we're all just fucking, you know, jumping to buy a ticket and getting in the theater to watch his newest horror movie. And this isn't really exactly that. I did it. And then I start, then I heard starring Joaquin Phoenix and I was like, nope, mm, nope, this is not going to be horror. Maybe not. Maybe not. It didn't stop you from wearing your midsummer t-shirt to the show oh, though. Did man. it wearing the band shirt to the show? Look at you. Super fan. Even. What a dork. What a nerd. Hey, as a guy that plays big ass rock shows, I appreciate it when my fans wear my t-shirt. You were wearing my t-shirt earlier today, actually. You had a skank banger shirt on for the yoga. I wore a skank banger shirt for yoga, and I wore a midsummer shirt to see Bo is Afraid. Well, there we go. There we go. <laughs> yeah, we just got out of the theater, and uh, man, Bo might be afraid, but I am confused. And we're going to give you guys a spoiler-free review here at the top of the episode, and then go a little bit more deeplier on this thing as we go through here. Um, I just Just first impressions... Am just bewildered by this movie. Uh, I know going into it, I read some reviews and stuff where people that I know and other reviewers and stuff were just kind of like, uh, I don't know if I enjoyed this or not. It's definitely a difficult watch. Um, our friend Lindsay told us there was like a 30% walkout rate of people just leaving the theaters mid through the movie. So, I can see that. Like if yeah. you if you were going for just a pure drama you're going to be upset. Yes. If you're going for a horror movie, you're going to be very upset. Certainly. So I understand the walkout rate. Oh, yeah. Yeah. This is not a movie for everyone. This is not one of those flicks that if somebody says they didn't like it, I'll be like, oh, I question your taste, madam. No, yeah. And all it's a three-hour movie. It 
feels like a full three hour movie. Yes. So if you have even the slightest doubt of seeing this in theaters, just wait. Uh, yes. You'll be fine. It's not a big deal. I would agree with that statement. I mean, part of me is like, ah, keep giving Ari Aster money. He's a amazing visionary director that's doing original things and not doing remakes or remakes or requels or whatever. So part of me is just like, yeah, go to a theater, buy a ticket. But then also, if you don't, you'd be fine as a viewer to watch it at home. But then there was also the man in my graduating class who put on his senior show, which I, I was an art major, so art, we don't have theses, we have shows. We have to put on a gallery at the end of our term. And he sold a painted white canvas for $10,000 and called it heaven. That guy knows how to make money. He gets paid. It's the same thing. He gets paid. It's the exact same thing. Like, on one hand, I'm like, kudos to you, dude. Like, Make that money. Go for it. On the other hand, I'm like, you're full of shit. Well, yeah, yeah. Yeah, this movie, dude, I, I don't really know what basket to to put it in. Uh, somewhere around like the halfway or three-quarter way through the movie, I kind of summarized it in my head, and you agreed with this as being kind of the ultimate statement for what this movie feels like. If I was going to give a one-sentence review of what this movie is like, I would oh, say... this is so perfect. I'm glad that you think so. I would say it is like, imagine if Charlie Kaufman directed The Jerk. Yeah, it's, it's absolutely... That's a perfect description. If Charlie Kaufman directed the jerk you would get Bo is afraid i i tend to think so i tend to think so it has elements in it that feel very much like that super psychological hyper meta shit that we got in like uh what's it skenadecti scranadecti uh new york but i was thinking of what's the one with the lily orchid white orchid uh yeah Something orchid. oh um uh fucking god damn it what is the name of that thing shit stall for time shit oh. we gotta get fuzz beat on that one yeah it has elements of that where it's just like this crazy surreal world and you just kind of go with it and if it makes sense it makes sense and if it doesn't it doesn't but it's definitely not for uh for everybody what is the name of that fucking movie? Oh, it's called adaptation. Adaptation. That's the fucking <laughs> one. That's the fucking one. Yes. Yes, I would agree with that. They're searching for a white orchid, to be fair. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. That's the one. <laughs> it is a good movie, though. Yeah, this one is like, tell us you have mommy trouble without just saying you have mommy trouble. Dude, for real. Like, as soon as these credits rolled, and honestly, if I could have spoken in the movie, we had a, it was more crowded than I expected the theater to be for a 3 o'clock on a Thursday. Yeah. If I... Had spo- I would have said it halfway through the movie, but with, as soon as the credits rolled, I would just looked over you. It was like, I think he needs to see a therapist about his mommy issues. God damn, mom issues. I'll tell you what. I mean, we explored some of that stuff in some of his other uh, works. Obviously, Hereditary being a very major one for thinking about mommy issues, uh, parenting issues, and so on in a dramatic horror film. He's definitely explored this topic a little bit before, but I feel like he's kind of laying it all out on Front Street for us on this one. <laughs> or as we said previously, or earlier, it's like if the Fablemans had been made by an art house director. Oh my God, the Fablemans. Like it kind of, I, I thought the Fablemans were, was just horrifically boring. Like yeah. nobody would have made that movie if Steven Spielberg had not written and directed it. Uh, like no. just flat out nobody would have made it. Mm-mm. This is an art house version of that. 
I was surprised to see him exploring some, I mean, just psychotically dark comedic elements in this movie. Comedy is not something I was surprised to laugh done. at all, and I laughed a bit. I did too, and I feel and like we were the only ones. Yeah, I was gonna say. I mean, it's not like it's not like we were in a packed theater or anything. There's a handful of folks there, but we were definitely the only ones laughing. It was Central Cinema, three o'clock on a Thursday afternoon. There were probably about eighteen people there. If yeah, which was more than I expected, and we were definitely the only ones laughing. Yeah, yeah. There's some stuff, especially in the first half of this movie, that that is very. I mean extremely dark comedy somewhere around the middle point i would say it's divided up into four chapters yeah there's very obvious it's like chapter very points in here delineated movie yeah and somewhere around like the i don't know halfway mark or so it almost started to become this just like stream of consciousness like what the fuck is even going on here they definitely abandon a a typical narrative a typical story flow and this has just become like, okay, let's just do a bunch of expressions about <laughs> my feelings of guilt and anger and familial pressure and so on. It has a point to make, and I think it took a little too long to get there. Three hours, guys. Three hours. The number one note is it needs editing. Yeah. Yes. Like, I, I, I love Hereditary. I love Midsummer. I mean, yeah, we're super fans of both. Yeah. I almost feel like there is a, a power-mad Ari Aster sitting on a golden throne somewhere, surrounded by people being like, this needs cutting down, dude. This is really long. This is really opulent. And he's like, fuck it. I'm Ari Aster. They'll watch it. Ha ha ha. Ha ha ha. Yeah. Even the, the credit sequence... Oh my god! Can I tell about the credits? That, I guess that's not really a spoiler. It's not really a spoiler. I mean, the the screen is still in motion during the credits, and you're just like, I guess I should stay for the credits. We go through this whole movie, and there are several blank points in this movie, either blank screen or blank sound, throughout this entire movie. So the credits roll, and the final scene stays on the screen, and it's just there, sitting on the screen, still moving. There's still motion. There's still sound. It's just sitting there on this final scene while the entire roll of credits come through. And I have had to pee for like two fucking yeah. hours. And I'm sitting here and I'm like, I, I mean, I had leaned over to you like 40 minutes prior to be like, I am getting up. I am running to the bathroom. You're in charge of all my shit. And I sit through the entire length of the credits. Nobody in the fucking theater moves or speaks Nothing happens. And we watch these credits all the way till the very end where you get the production company logos. Like, very, very end. Yeah. And then we still wait another 60 seconds. The theater lights are not coming up. Yeah, they hadn't turned the theater lights on. So you're like, I guess this is part of the movie still? So everybody's still sitting there in dead silence. And after 60 seconds, I go, well, I got to pee. And I stand up and walk out. And I think I'm the first person that made any noise or movement. Oh, I'm, I'm quite sure that you were. <laughs> you could have heard a pin drop. I think everybody had the same experience we did where we were just sitting there and we were like, oh, maybe something else is going to happen. Maybe not. This whole thing has been such a fucking mind fuck that it's like maybe it's the credits and then we get another new scene where Bo is going through some other crazy shit or something. It was not the silence of awe. 
it was not the silence of shock. It was the silence of, is anything else going to happen? Are you done with me? Yeah, like it was so bizarre. I've never had an experience like that before. It was strange. Like I honestly had no expectation going into this because I I didn't know anything about the movie. Like I had watched a trailer for it and the trailer is extremely vague. It's just a lot of like weird snapshots of iconic parts of the movie. I think I just watched a teaser because... Maybe would, I did it, too. I don't know. This would be an incredibly difficult trailer to make. I don't know how you promote this, how you make a trailer for it, how you sum it up. I really, really, really don't know. They're they're banking on Ari Aster's name. Yeah, and I mean that's why I watched it. Same, like you know? it's the, it is the only reason I watched it because spoilers. Kate does not like Joaquin Phoenix. You love him, but wait, you love you love Batman. You love DC. You know you love that Joker. That is not a love Batman that movie. Joker. Not a Batman movie. I will die on that fucking hill. But it's it. But it. it my it, best it's argument Joker. for this is that my favorite person in the entire world. Me? Aside, from, aside from you. Oh, geez, that took way too fucking long to <laughs> pin that onto that one. Sure. Hates comic book movies. She absolutely fucking hates them. She loves the Joker movie. That's how you know. It's not a Batman movie. Like All it's right. not a comic book movie. She loves it's one of her like she loves that movie. Yeah. Not a not a Batman movie. Yeah, yeah. I was definitely going here because of the the Ari Aster name attached to things and I, I had no expectations going into it. And even now that I'm done with the movie, I'm like, I still don't really know what exactly this was. Like it feels like it's either one of those extremely intimate personal things that meant a lot to the writer director that he just had to get out of him and share with the world, even if the world didn't understand it, which I can respect. That's cool. Um, or again, it's a lot it, of money and people involved yeah, for that. Oh yeah. Or it's not painting. It just feels like, okay, like you, you got a little power mat on this. I don't know, honestly. It is one I'll have to sit down and chew on for a while. I, I think it's really hard to be a director and not be a little power mad. Well, sure, yeah. But it's it's a movie, and it got us in the seats just by name alone. And I still don't even know if it's a bad movie. Right. It's hard to say if I had a good time or if I loved it. I mean, I didn't have a good time watching Hereditary. I mean, that's not a fucking fun time. I but did. I loved Hereditary. Jesus, man. It wrecked me, dude. But, you know, it's like I could still sit back later and be like, holy shit, that was incredible. It affected me so much. This almost feels like that conversation you get in with somebody when you're just like waiting in line to pay for your gas, but somebody in front of you is buying like scratch-off lotto tickets and you end up talking to some rando and they start telling you their life story and you're like man listen this seems really personal <laughs> i don't know if you need to be telling me about this this sounds like a personal story i don't need to hear it yeah it kind of sort of feels like that a little bit yeah for most of the movie oh uh, almost the entire like the first the first chapter i'm like just if we divide it up into four chapters which the movie's not actually you don't have title screens but, but it like, feels like it. it is it is definitely a four chapter movie and that first chapter it could have had me yes and then it just kept going and the tone kept shifting oh my god dude the 90 degree turns in terms of the, the and tone somehow of the never movie. a circle no somehow not right yeah it was just a whole bunch of hairpin turns that never went full circle in a lot of ways dude the tonal shifts in this movie are 
bananas. I mean, it, it's nearly like David Lynchy surreal. Like, wait, what the fuck just happened? It feels like a weird fever dream at times. Oh, definitely. This is honestly the best way I could describe this movie would not mean much to most people in the world. This is the type of movie that me and my friend Brandon oh, yeah. would argue about for hours and days on end because he would absolutely adore the like art house director narrative personal storytelling avant-garde surrealist style sure and i would be like fart sniffer yeah i would just be sitting there going you pretentious fuck right this is the kind of movie that brandon and i would argue about for days Mm -hmm. and that's what it is. Like, Brandon would have loved this movie, and I probably would have been like, why the fuck do you think this deserves any praise? Right. I can I can totally understand that. Again, like, this is not like one of those deals when, you know, actually also, like Brandon, uh, when people tell you that they don't like the Beatles, and you're like, I question your taste. Yeah. This is not like that at all. Uh, it's very understandable if this movie does not jive with you. It is also clear that Ari Aster does not really give a fuck if you like this movie or not. It feels like this was an important thing for him to do. Yeah. And I do, it does make me want to look at interviews with Ari. I don't know. I don't even know what the dude looks like. I don't know if I'd recognize him, honestly. Like, I don't know what he looks like. I've never watched any interviews with him. I've never read any interviews with him. Like, I really don't know that much about him at all. But this movie does make me be like, okay, I just want to see you speak about this movie. Just, yeah. Just to see how correct I am on how close this is to your heart. Because honestly, as soon as this movie ended, I looked over at you and I was like, well, I'm going to look up to see if he wrote this. And if he did, he needs to go see a therapist about his mother. For sure. I also wonder if his mother is still with us. And oh, God. I yes. know, right? <laughs> well, there was that like IMDb trivia that like this was his first short story and it was supposed to be his first film and instead he did Hereditary Midsummer. Right. Which That's also, a better opening act. <laughs> yeah. Yeah, God. He never would have made anything else if this and he never would have gotten the money to make this the way it looks in this yeah. in the way it is shown. And it does look great. Oh, it looks gorgeous. It's a gorgeous movie. I think in the fourth chapter is when I leaned over to you and I was like, man. This guy's vision for angles and light is brilliant. It's fantastic. It's completely unparalleled. The way it's that he, absolutely beautiful. he shoots interiors, especially interiors of houses and stuff. I mean, we saw it, you know, massively in Hereditary, considering most of it takes place inside. It, it of that has big a lot of Hereditary, home. just like isolated, yeah. dark, woodsy, and then just like beautiful housing with like. St- Dark lighting. Warm, homey light, but it's also creepy. Shadows. He's got a way with that kind of it's, thing. It's beautiful. Or his cinematographer does, one way or the other. I don't, you know, we should have looked up to see if, it's, if he's kept the same cinematographer it's or not. It's got to be the same guy that did Hereditary. I'd keep, like to know. Keep talking. Yeah, you might want to put that on the, the I, there. IMDB right there and pull that up. Because I bet you it is the same person. It is a really great looking movie. I would suggest going into this that you guys keep... Um, you know, keep yourself pretty in the dark about it. I wouldn't suggest reading a lot about the movie, learning about the plot. I wouldn't even yeah, suggest learning about yourself yeah. if you do. I wouldn't even suggest learning about the cast because I didn't know who all was in this other than Joaquin Phoenix. And like Oh, yep, same. Yeah, like oh, is it same same DOP? Uh yeah, same DOP for Hereditary, Midsummer, and Bo is Afraid. So makes completely sense. They're a good duo. Also for nobody, which makes no sense to me. Hmm. I never would have put that on the same guy. Interesting. Fresh, I would have, though. Oh, we did Fresh. That's such a cool movie. Sorry, nice. guys. I, I will straight up go down a cinematographer. Hole. Right, a hole. 
but I would suggest keeping yourself in the dark on the IMDb like cast list and stuff. Don't spoil it for yourself because there were a bunch of people that popped up in this movie where I was like, wait, what the fuck? They're in here? Um, and there's also a couple deep cut cast people in here God, that yeah. <laughs> made me really happy. Really, <laughs> yeah. really, really happy. So keep yourself in the dark. You'll have a better time. But don't go in expecting horror at all. Uh, again, the best thing to imagine is go in expecting Charlie Kaufman directed the jerk. That's and it. You'll, like if you'll you, get it. If you like that tagline, you're going to like this movie. Yeah. If you don't, you won't at all. It is a surrealist journey through this man's tormented, anxious mind. Oh, for sure. Oh, for sure. Which is how I would describe it. Yes. Um, any other things we can say spoiler free about it? I don't think so. Because yeah. I don't like, I mean, honestly, the whole movie spoilery because I. Because there's, who the fuck knows what it's about? I wouldn't even know how to cut a trailer for this. No. Like, I can see why the trailer was so vague. I don't even know what genre to, to put it in, honestly. Like, I, I don't know. I would throw it in drama. Like, I mean. I would say art house. Like, that's the best thing I could say. But that's say. not a category. Like, you have mm. to think, I, I worked in, like, a CD video store. You have to categorize things. I guess I'd throw it in drama. I, mean, I would if you're throw just going this in generic drama. Generic categories. I mean, I wouldn't put it in horror. It's definitely not action or anything like that. But if I had Church Mom come up and rent this, I would be like, "Are you sure you want to watch this movie?" Oh yeah. Oh yeah. Because she's not gonna like it. No, no. My mother will hate this movie. I think a lot of people will hate this movie. Oh yeah, for a sure. A whole lot of people hate this movie, and that's fine. This movie, I I don't even think I like this movie that much. It's my least favorite, like, gut reaction, my least favorite of his movies, for sure. Oh, well, that's not even a toss-up. Like, of course it is. I fucking love Hereditary. I fucking love Midsummer. This is... This is just watching an anxiety-privileged boy's masturbation. Like, I can't... Like, that's... Nothing I, for you there. There's nothing for me in this movie. I get it. Except that it's pretty. Which it I is. can appreciate. Like, it's a fucking gorgeous movie. Right, right. It is. I, I am just confused. Like, it's one of those that I'm like, I definitely need second, third viewings, but I'm also like, I don't know when I'm going to devote three more hours of my life to this movie to give it that, other than when we do a fucking episode about it on the, the show proper, I guess. You feel all the minutes. It's in not this a brisk three, hour three hours. No, it's not. It is, I, ch- I think I checked my phone like four or five times. Oh, yeah. Yeah, just it's to be like, like how that. much longer? How much? At one point, I leaned over to you. I was like, "We just hit the halfway mark." <laughs> like it was insane. Oh yeah, definitely so. Well, um, divisive movie. Don't go in expecting horror. From here on, lies spoilers. So don't let us uh, supreme spoilers. Yeah. If you want to see this movie, go s- hit stop and go watch this movie. Yeah. Again, I, I think it is best to go in. You know, with an empty mind about what it possibly is. So you, don't let us spoil yeah, it for you. You will definitely appreciate this movie more if you don't hear our thoughts going further. For sure. The first half of the movie, I I found to be actually pretty fucking hysterical. Like, we were laughing our asses off It was several bizarrely parts. funny. I did not expect any comedy. And it no. was really dark, dark, dark. Very funny. Yeah. Dude, those parts where he's in his just, you know filthy little apartment and his neighbors are complaining about him and he gets his shit stolen and then he has to like run across the street to get water to take his prescription medicine because he's his water's off in his place and then this street full of fucking lunatics gets in the apartment while he's out and he's like oh no like (laughs) holy shit that stuff was hilarious so i was so as somebody who does not 
understand what anxiety is, what social anxiety is, what, I don't know, cerebral anxiety is like. Like, I have no idea. So, like, I'm just getting irritated for this whole thing. And then Ben leans over and he's like, oh, this is what it's like in our friend's mind. Yeah, everybody has that friend that is just like a ball of panic. Every friend's group has that person in their circle. This will probably remind you of that person in the world that they inhabit 24-7. But I didn't make that connection because I was so busy being irritated at how anxious he was. Oh, yeah. But as soon as Ben said that, I was like, oh, my God, that makes this hilarious. Totally I, like, guy. I have a place, I have a slot to fit this into, yes. and now it makes sense, and it's very funny. Well, I saw, like, some reviews in this that people were complaining about, that especially those those first scenes that were in the city and the apartment Dude, and the streets there's a corpse in the shit. street for, like, a day and a half. Like, you <laughs> yeah. just watch this corpse rot. Yeah. And people were like, it's not realistic. It's over the top. That's not how real life works. And it's like, that's not the point. You're in the perspective of his anxiety. Like, basically, Yeah, Bo, this movie's not realistic. No. You cannot take this thing for face value. Dude, there's nothing in this movie that's realistic no. <laughs> Bo is a Bo is a full grown man with all of he's the, middle aged yeah the the insecurities and anxieties of a I don't know eight year old kid yeah maybe 12 year old like you're hitting like you're beginning to get the hormones so like you're just very insecure and afraid yeah everything is scary strangers are scary social tasks are scary um, speaking to authority figures is scary. Like Bo is afraid that it's right there on front street. You know what it is. Yeah. Uh, do not take any of this shit literally at all. You will totally just ruin your, your time watching this. If you think that this is supposed to be realistic, this is through the lens of his anxieties, including getting stabbed by birthday boy stab man on the streets, God. dude. Whenever like we were, we were starting hilarious. this movie and the the news reporter is describing birthday boy stab man as a guy who's on the loose stabbing people at random who is a naked man who is circumcised a and has blonde circumcised hair or whatever. Male. I was like, okay, so this is not supposed to be realistic at all. They just described this guy's dick on TV. Yeah. <laughs> and then like every like Hilarious. just watching all of the miscreants on the street the best just run into his building and then run into his apartment. Like they don't even try to get <laughs> no. into anybody else's building and it seems like an abandoned building. Yeah. But like they just go everybody goes straight into his apartment and starts having the most horrific hellscape party you can imagine. Dude, they are just going fucking nuts. People are naked, people are fucking, people are doing drugs, they're like opening One guy's cabinets. Cooking? Throw, yeah, like they're like throwing <laughs> things around. They've got all the burners on the stove running. There's they're the dancing guy? Yeah, like it make it's just chaos. Absolute <laughs> fucking nonsense. And he's like, oh no. Like that shit was hilarious. And like the scene where um, Nathan Lane and, and his wife, the, the chapter two, chapter two, the crazy ass daughter puts him in that car and forces him to do drugs. And he's like, what's in this? And she's like, three things. There are three things. And that's three it. things. Like that's all the explanation you get. What the fuck? And then she chugs paint and die. What the fuck is going on? You went to go pee during her introduction, which was pretty epic. Like she oh, just, yeah, yeah. Come, she stomps in. She's angry. Teenage girl steals pills. She's, she's pissed off at, Bo because she he's in her room and then she picks up two prescription pill bottles that are on the counter and stomp she goes I'm going to school and stomps off and the mom goes but it's Saturday and the dad just goes don't mix those what the fuck <laughs> like dude. that's your introduction to her 
There's some good comedic shit in there, and then the middle part of the movie, a lot of that stuff goes away whenever he gets to that forest camp place, and there's like a fucking 40-minute miniature play in the middle of the movie. That is gorgeous. It's gorgeous. There's animated stuff. There's like moving sets, like theatrical shit. It's really cool. This this is such like a, a left turn, but like that... In the the last Harry Potter movie where they do the like story of the three brothers, mm, yeah, 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 and you're that's just like, really I've been in this Harry Potter world for eight fucking movies, and it's always been this Harry Potter world and whatever this Harry Potter world is supposed to be, and then all of a sudden they drop you into this like animated fairy tale story for like ten minutes. Fucking cool. That's what this movie does, except it's like for, it's a forty minute sequence where Joaquin Phoenix becomes a participant, but it's gorgeous. It's absolutely, but again. Really cool extremely surreal holy cow man and just tax on so much runtime to the movie that whole like that entire third chapter could have been cut without anything happening to no the change. ending and it would have been fine other than that fucking lunatic guy okay this is something i, I totally don't <laughs> understand this lunatic guy that was at nathan lane and his wife's place that oh, yeah, they're the trying hunter. to help yeah so and it's, i think he's i think i think i think He's a friend of their son who died in some war. In the war, okay. And when he, he got his, their son died, and this guy was a friend of their son, maybe, or maybe just like in his troop. And nobody, like, he was just, he didn't have anybody to come home to, and he went crazy. So they took him in because their son was dead. That, that would make sense. That's what I called. Nothing is ever really explicitly stated. No, not at all. But like he shows up at that wood scene to like terminate Bo in this it's very. It's just a kill machine. It's, it's holy um, shit, dude! It's Die, racing Arizona. Oh yeah, yeah, yeah. The the lone horseman of the apocalypse. Yeah. He's that guy mixed with, yeah, fucking die, milk face from the jerk. Yeah. He hates these cans. Like he's just this Terminator. But like in that scene, he destroys the camp. Which includes fucking death from Supernatural. Yeah. I was so happy when that guy showed it up. It made like, me death, so dude. happy to see death. how excited you were to recognize that death. Guy. Capital D death. Yeah, dude. So that guy shows up at the camp and like obliterates everything and then machine guns himself to death. Like he shoots the shit out of himself by falling on his gun, which is brutal and unexpectedly gory out of nowhere. Oh, I thought he was shooting above his head a, like... It got caught on his shoulder. No, it showed the bullet holes coming out of his back. Oh, that's dark. Man, I really don't need to be going to see a movie in my glasses. I almost got fucking high as shit before we went. I was almost like, man, let's take a bunch of tincture and go watch this movie. I thought about it, too. I'm kind of glad I didn't. <laughs> also, kind of not glad I didn't. I, I think I would have enjoyed it a little bit more, and I would definitely would not have been checking the time on my clock as Maybe. much as I was if I had been high. But it just... Today was definitely not the day for me to decide to give my eyes a break from context and wear glasses. Maybe. But then later that guy shows back up whenever Bo is in his mom's house and they go up to the attic. This and whole movie is in Bo's head. I guess, man. But it was just kind of weird to see that thing where it's like, well, I thought that guy was fucking dead. But now he's up in the attic with emaciated bow twin and penis monster giant penis, penis monster in this movie big asterisks flashes of lightning huge penis monster out of nowhere in this very surreal movie very serious emotional thing giant penis monster in the attic 
That's your father. That's apparently his dad? What the fuck? And we never touch on that again. No, never. Nothing. The, the, the horrific overbearing mother goes, that's your father. And then there's nothing else ever said ever again. And the giant penis monster has like fucking uh, uh, like tentacle things and it impales. He's like a fucking alien. Crazy soldier guy's head. So it's like it has elements of gore and surreal. Like that's a David Lynch thing. Like that's like a fucking like the mud man and goddamn Mulholland Drive thing. Yeah. Where you're like there's a monster in this movie. That's he, something. I never got as freaked out by the mud man as you did. And that's I never found creatures him ever. as surreal as most people did. Like, yeah, it was like a weird thing, but I never like, it never jarred me the way penis monster jarred me. Penis monster. Of all the things that you went into this movie expecting to see. I want to watch that scene again. Yeah. I don't really want to watch the whole movie again, but I could watch that whole him getting shoved into the attic scene right now. Dude, almost like on the same level, uh, Spoilers without spoiling possession. It's almost like the reveal in possession where you're just like, I could not even have remotely anticipated this. Only it's like two hours and 40 minutes into the movie that you see the penis monster. Yeah. What? Possession's a fairly concise movie. So you're like, oh God, I guess there's like an alien here now. What the fuck's going on? This is like, you've been slogging through this man's brain for two and a half hours and you're like, Penis monster in the attic, it's your dad. I cannot wait for like the BuzzFeed or like Vanity Fair videos that are like Freudian psychologist breaks down, Bo is afraid. Oh, like I I want to watch these. I want to watch these videos. It's Oedipal. Oh, massively. Massively, massively. So fucking Oedipal. I kind of hope Ariaster's mom is dead. Like, if she's alive and he's making this movie. That's brutal. Her friends are going to be asking her some tough questions. Like, and I say this as somebody who's not close to my mother at all, but fuck, this movie is brutal Uh, towards his mother. Yeah. Yeah. And the Oedipal stuff even extends to like when he finally meets back up with his childhood crush, Elaine, who he's been kind of pining for his entire life and like saving his virginity for his entire life. Parker Posey, I love you so fucking Played by much. Parker Posey. I who, love you so much. I can only assume they just told her she was going to be in the movie and they were like, make up your own lines and what you're going to be doing in the scenes because she's Posey as fuck in this. Th- this is who you're portraying. You're portraying a fantasy of an 11-year-old boy. As a middle-aged woman, go for it. And she does. She does incredible. I love her so much. Everybody laughed at the song she picked for the sex. Oh, my God, dude. And then Fantastic. I think I am the only person that laughed in the theater when she died. Dude, that was like, what in the fuck is even going on? And then he has this fear of like sex and like he's like he's convinced that he was gonna die the minute that he had sex because his mom told him that's how his dad died is like he has a heart and murmur his, his dad his and grandfather, his grandfather. And his great grandfather <laughs> yeah like three generations of men have a heart murmur and they die when they climax yeah this is definitely definitely <laughs> definitely coming from a place that you know knowing that Ari Aster is like he's I think he's a couple years younger than us like thirty six thirty seven. Was yeah. probably raised by pretty similar parents to us, which probably means a lot of fear and purity culture were ingrained in his upbringing. 
I'm going to assume. There's a lot of that in this movie. I don't think there's a... That's an unsafe assumption. Yeah. It's definitely in here. Yeah. Parker Posey has some fucking funny-ass lines, though. (laughs) You blew through that bag. (laughs) Oh, I felt that. You busted right through that bag. (laughs) You busted through that bag. What (laughs) in the fuck, man? I'm going to start the song over. It's so, Dude, the timing of that is fucking... It's Christopher Guest as fuck, which makes me think she improvised that shit and made her own line. That's the thing, too, is like chapter four gets a little Christopher Guest-y. But also kind of Ari Aster-y. When he got up into that attic and he was shining that flashlight around, I was like, don't you do it to me, Ari. Don't you hereditary my ass again. I'm not ready for this. Don't give me... Although it does give me headless mom again. Holy shit, does this guy ever have a thing for headless moms? I nev- I did not make that connection until you said something. But in 100%. What in the fuck? Yeah, what he's... What in the fuck? Why is this his thing? I hope he's in therapy. He Desperately needs it, if not. <laughs> Just desperately. I mean, the art's good, but, mm, buddy. There's some pain behind you, it. You need to be able to go to the grocery store safely. You know? <laughs> it's kind of a, a a stress fest. I saw somebody, actually, I think it was like Mike Portnoy, uh, the drummer, like compared it to, like, yeah, Mother. Of course, of course Mike Portnoy like, thinks this is a stress fest. <laughs> yeah. He compared it to, like, Mother, which I... I can see in a lot of ways. It is just a constant. I don't see that at all. Explain that to me. Because it's just like all these stressful, crazy ass situations over and over and over where you're like, this guy, like, can this guy not get a break? Like, holy shit, what the fuck is going to happen next? At the first of this movie, though, it is portrayed very funny, whereas mother is just pure stress. I love Mother God so much. By the way, I'm sitting over here in my Tower of Terror chair that I've described on the show several <laughs> times. I don't know why I have this. I have this because... Throw it away! I grew up poor and assume I must keep things even though I hate them and can't <laughs> afford to replace them because they are functional. This is my office chair, which has a hydraulic lift in it that's going bad and just randomly drops you like a fucking half inch at a time. Is that why you've been shrinking? Yes, this is why I'm shrinking <laughs> under the table right now is because of the Tower of Terror chair. The adrenaline is keeping me going. <laughs> Holy shit, fuck this thing. But what I was saying about the Oedipal thing with, uh, with Parker Posey is like, Parker Posey just suddenly decides to have sex with him in his mom's oh, the his minute dead he mom's says room. I'm Bo, she's like, Oh, I'm gonna fuck yeah, you. Yeah, we're gonna go have sex now. Where's the bedroom? And then she like goes through his mom's like jewelry box and puts on some of his mom's jewelry. Well, she also makes comments about like the dragon's lair and like she owes me money. We don't have to talk about that now. What the fuck? Like it's bizarre. But then it turns out the mom's alive. That completely took me by surprise and it's so rare that i'm completely thrown off by something in the movie that as soon like i wasn't even shocked when he i thought he was going to die during sex and that's how the movie was going to end sure makes sense and then when he didn't i was like okay then i guess parker posey's gonna die and she did and then i was the only one who laughed at it well, they removed her like she was a piece of fucking furniture or like a damn TJ Maxx mannequin. Like, oh, yeah. the, the help showed up. Immediately. Which, what was with the, the... I mean, the help being explicitly, like, black people in, like, housekeeper uniforms. There was some kind of statement going on there. Oh, yeah. Again, probably tied to his experiences growing up or some shit. Yeah. But, like, they very explicitly looked like, you know, big air quotes, the help. That yeah. seemed very intentional to me. C- capital T, capital H. Oh, yeah. The help. And they carry her out. 
like a statue. Like a statue. Except she's in a, she's completely <laughs> nude in a crouched position because she was riding him. And then she's like fondling her clitoris because she was coming when she died. Yeah. Like, and they just carry her out like, oh, this happens all the time. It's so fucking weird. It is so fucking weird, man. I love Parker Posey so Parker much. Parker Posey is a treasure. <laughs> she is a fucking treasure, man. Uh, performances and stuff in this were all really good. I mean, it's kind of hard to say like, oh man, Joaquin Phoenix did so good. Like he is a mumbling, stuttering Wait, man baby the whole movie. Hold on. We got to get to the end where it's the trial on the water. What the fuck, dude? Suddenly he's like in the Truman Show set, yeah. I guess. That was so, and like, and I, it's it's all in his head. This whole movie is just like taking place in his head, which it is why I had such a fucking hard time with it. Because I don't, my head does not operate that way. My head is very logical. I don't have these scenarios happen. So I have a really hard time understanding and empathizing with stuff like this. Dude. He's a man in a boat being judged by like thousands of people all around him by his mom and his mom's lawyer. Fucking Nathan Lane for no, it wasn't Nathan no, Lane. No. It was a it's fucking a Oscar. God damn it! He was all mad about you. Dude, I mean, he's a fucking brilliant actor, and it's yeah, yeah. like you hear his voice. Like, oh, it's that fucking guy. Yeah, like really, really early on. Also, you're showing your age by saying mad about you. Damn um, it. <laughs> but like That's what he's from. I know. That's how I know him too. I love him very, very much. But he's like a prolific theater actor. Yeah, and character actor. Yeah. His name is Richard Kind. Richard Kind. God damn it, that's him. And yeah. like a lot of people know him as like Bing Bong from Inside Out. Like he's got such a recognizable voice. And face. Yeah. I mean it's it's He's brilliant. He's a brilliant yeah, he's character actor. But he's like the mom's lawyer who just is. You hear him in chapter two him. being just cruel. Oh, brutal, man. Brutal. And that I think that's a Jewish thing. I say this as an atheist who was raised by Southern Baptist. So I could be very, very wrong. But I think it's a Jewish thing of like, you know, you die, you sit Shiva, and then you have to be buried immediately. Like there's like a very specific timeline so when Richard Kind calls him in the second, what I'm calling the second chapter, to be like, you're shaming your mother, you're putting her through hell, she can't rest peacefully. Yeah, you have to be here for her to be buried. The You have to be here for her to be buried is a will thing, because she, he even, she stipulated in her will, you have to be present for her burial. Right. But I think the like immediate burial is a Jewish thing. I feel like there's probably some subtext in this movie that I missed because of my, my black hole of knowledge of, of Judaism. Um, and that's not just me assuming stuff. Like I, I think it was either Richard kind or Nathan Lane described this as like the Jewish Lord of the Rings. And it's all about, you know, uh, guilt and shame and yada, yada, yada. Yeah. Like those are, you know, their words, not mine. I feel like there was Definitely some subtext regarding growing up in a Jewish household that I probably completely missed in this. Oh, I'm sure. Yeah. If, if you all do like a full episode on the show about this, you need you need to get somebody who at least was raised in a Jewish family to come and talk. Like, because I'm sure there is so much that we missed. Uh, yeah, just totally over my head. Not my experience at all. So I'm sure that I'm missing some stuff right there. But yeah, the ending where he's just suddenly in this Coliseum being judged and like... There was something so fucking helpless about how his 
defendant guy, lawyer guy, was like way off in the distance with no microphone. You never even saw who it was. He was just just barely screaming, yelling into the void. And then he falls off. (laughs) He's pushed off. And oh, yeah. fucking lands on a rock. <laughs> and then Bo is just there helpless defending himself that against his mom. fucking motor. He never turns it off. It's just like stuck there. And then it breaks and catches on fire and explodes. And it's just, again, stuff like that is very mother-like to me. Where it's like you are just in a deliberately stressful, agonizing situation. And it doesn't make any sense. It's kind of dreamlike in a lot of ways. I mean, the fact that, you know, after all this stuff happens at his mom's house and he gets in this boat and goes through this tunnel and then suddenly he's in this huge coliseum being judged by his mom and shit. It is very lynchy. It's very dreamlike. Yeah, like when Parker Posey died, I thought I thought he was going to die climaxing and he didn't. And then Parker, like two minutes later, Parker Posey. And I'm like, okay, so she's going to die climaxing. And she did. But then the movie didn't end. And I'm like, okay. And then the mother showed up, which fully shocked me. Did not see that coming for a second. Yeah, because he had already strangled her and she fell into that fish tank or whatever the fuck that was. Yeah, like, no, 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 no. No, that was later. You had not seen the mother at all. Oh, oh, oh. sorry, sorry, sorry. Yes, yes, yes. I thought you meant before the Coliseum part. Right, right, right. So, yeah. Then, like, the mother thing. And then you see him strangle her. her and she out. falls in the fish tank. And then he runs away and gets in a boat. And I'm like, okay, this is definitively the end of the fucking movie. Nope. About 20 minutes more. Yeah. And then, like, then he gets in this boat. And you watch him travel in this boat. And then he gets to this trial, which is, like, 12 minutes long. And you're just like, this this movie needed so much fucking editing. And then he gets violently sucked into the water. And then the credits roll just well, with the boat waiting in the water, and that's the, that's the it. overturned boat having a hard time floating in the water. Yep, and the credits roll over that, and but, everybody's sitting in the fucking theater because we're like, yeah. maybe something else is going to happen well, because yeah, we've been so conditioned. Been, yeah, there have been blank periods throughout this entire fucking movie, just, so we're just yeah. waiting for more shit to happen. Yeah, you're like, surely okay. So after the credits roll, this then the he opens ending. his eyes, and then the next chapter of the movie starts. Yeah. For sure, but no, we were just kind of conditioned to sit there through the entire credits, <laughs> yeah. even though you were about to piss yourself. <laughs> right, yeah, like, yeah, I mean, and even then, like, I had to pee so bad, and the whole time I was like, as soon as the credits start, I'm going to go pee, as soon as the credits start, I'm going to go pee. The credits start, the movie's still technically going. You have the water, the lights, the overturned boat, the, like, faulty motor, and I'm like, okay, so something else is going to happen, like, normally a movie's going to fade to black, and it never does. It yeah. never faded to fucking black. It doesn't I help sat- that they didn't turn the overhead theater lights on either. For- I think that was just the shift change. <laughs> I know, right? Totally, yeah. <laughs> but I just kind of sat there waiting like, is there something more? What? Yeah. So finally, like, the credits completely end. And then the screen goes blank. And then another 60 seconds passes. And I just go, I have to pee and leave. Like, well, you didn't miss much after that. I'll be honest with you. Like, what the fuck? <laughs> now, I know you love Joaquin Phoenix. Do you... How would you rate him man. on a scale of one to Pedro Pascal after watching him be <laughs> a weeping man baby for three hours today? He's a negative 50. A negative Pedro? An he's, anti-Pedro. He, he, he's he's be- not your daddy. He's below a Pedro. Mm. That Mm-mm. man is nowhere near my daddy. No daddy. No daddy there. Pedro's my daddy. Well, uh, a lot of people would probably say that. Not that straight. A lot of persons of all kinds would probably say that. Yeah. Um, 
I'm, I can't even really object. Yeah. You know? Fucking Pedro Pascal. Joaquin is a, Phoenix is nobody's daddy. No, no. Joaquin <laughs> Phoenix is everybody's baby. Oh, yeah. And not in the not in a nice, sweet way. Not you'll always be my baby. <laughs> not like that. <laughs> not like that. Won't hear that song the same way for a while. <laughs> no, and I Jesus love that song. Jesus Christ, man. <laughs> Won't hear that one the same way. No. Wolf, man. No, what Joaquin Phoenix is. I've never found that man attractive. Not that that's a, a you know, a, a, a rating scale of a person, their attractiveness, but you've also just never liked his roles or anything either. He, I have yet to see him in something that impresses me. No, you loved his fake documentary about himself that he made. So that was the movie <laughs> that actually flipped me from being like, maybe I've just not seen anything good. Maybe I'm not understanding the movies that he's in that people like. And then I, wa- I watched all these fucking interviews with I'm him. I'm Not Here was what that was called. Fuck that movie. That's the one that made you go, oh, no, he's just an asshole. He's a fucking chode. Dude, that thing, you want to talk about just I never fucking, even want to meet this man in real life. Like, just taking bong riffs off your own uh, own farts on that one, man. Like, Jesus that Christ. That thing, holy shit. Yeah, that also made me go, okay, I never want to meet this guy. He's probably fucking insufferable. Made me think less of Casey Affleck, too. Was he in there? I forgot I, about that. I don't remember if he was in it or associate. I just remember seeing an interview where he talked about it and just thinking... Man, I really liked you. I thought you were a phenomenal actor. And the fact that you're giving this movie praise lowers my opinion of you. I don't know. I don't know. That's, I mean, honestly, I'm not here. I'm not here. I'm not really here. I'm not here. I'm not here. I will straight up judge somebody on their opinion of that movie. Harsh. But it is terrible. It (laughs) is just annoying as shit for sure. I get that. Like, I just can't. I mean, he does a good job in this of just being this completely pathetic creature. He's not a bad actor. Well, no. I've just never seen him portray anything that is not a sad sack. Well, we're going to watch Gladiator after we're done recording this. I don't like Gladiator. We're going to watch Gladiator. What do I get out of it? Uh, A great movie (laughs) is what you get out with Russell Crowe. He's fighting around the world. (laughs) He's a gladiator. He likes fighting so much. All right. That's what you get out of that. Isn't that also like a three-hour movie? I think it's pretty long. Yeah. That's old Ridley Scott, isn't it? I remember his sister was hot in it. That's the first movie I ever watched on a uh, Blu-ray. What was that movie? Wow. Yeah, Gladiator. Yeah. I don't know what my first Blu-ray was. Mm, You never forget your first. Probably a James Bond movie. Yeah, probably. (laughs) Knowing my father. Yeah. Yeah, sounds (laughs) likely. Everybody does a good job. It's just not... Okay, it, it's hard to say that it's a likable movie. Like, Oh, it's not a likable movie. You know, again, it's like part of me is like, I want to probe the depths further of this because there's clearly meaning behind this stuff. I think if you enjoy talking about cinema, if you enjoy art house films, if you enjoy film as an art form, it's worth watching. I don't think it's necessarily worth repeat viewings. Yeah, I mean, if you're in the mood for a linear story with a clear, you know, three-act structure and that kind of thing, stay well away from this. I mean, we sat there as soon as the movie ended. I'm like, do we do a mini suit on this because it is Ari Aster? Maybe. I mean, people, like horror fans will be watching it. Yeah, but it's not a horror movie by any means whatsoever unless Mm -mm. you think somebody's mind is horrifying. 
Um, but like we sat there and debated whether or not we should be talking about it on a mini sode because it makes no sense, but it's a film worth discussing. I don't think we can say penis monster in the attic enough. You know, that is a thing. You rarely get to say that phrase at all in life, frankly. Yeah. Like, you know, so you should use, you know, that, th- this opportunity to your advantage to say penis monster in the attic. Cause I don't know when the next time I get to say that is. I, yeah. Right. Like I don't, when? I know. And it looked practical. It looked good. It was, it looked like a giant penis monster. With spikes. Yeah. I guess. <laughs> I don't know. I want to watch some interviews and stuff and find out more about this thing. Oh, I, for I, sure. I can't say that I like loved it. If the entire thing had the tone of the, the first half of the movie where it is just this psychotically terrible shit happening to this paranoid scared man baby character i probably would have been on board it probably would have got exhausting and in a way the way that the movie is so relentlessly surprising it almost becomes unsurprising in a way like it is so constantly giving you those 90 degree turns and tonal shifts and what the fuck moments that it's why the whole theater sat still through the credits yeah we're just conditioned you know i mean Two hours and fucking something in, you're just like, I bet something weird's going to happen. And there it was. Yes. Okay. Things seem normal now. I can't wait till something weird. And there it is. Like, it almost becomes predictably weird because it's so relentlessly fucking strange. Yeah. The whole thing is very, very surreal. And on on one hand, it kind of works. Like, it is Kaufman-esque surreal in the way that only a Kaufman can be. Yeah. And yet it still gets like brazenly brutal. At times it really does. Which I guess is an Aster thing. Like, I mean, this is only his third movie. So I hate giving him like a, this is his thing. type. But like, that's like, it's just surprising moments of brutality is kind of his. One of his trademarks. Yeah. it's, It's where he's going with it. Yeah. It definitely has those, which makes it hard to categorize. Like, again, as far as like where I would put this in the in the DVD store, it's like probably drama, but I don't know of a lot of other dramas with like visceral hand stabbings and penis monsters. And by the way, a lot of penises. Does he get the stigmata in this movie? He has (gasps) glass in his forehead. He gets wounds on his forehead. He gets stabbed in the hand. He also gets stabbed in the side, which is constantly open. He totally gets the stigmata. So, so Catholic stigmata is in the wrists. Baptist stigmata is in the hands. But it's this Jewish-toned movie. Like, I don't know what any of that has but to Jesus say was about a Jew. anything. Yeah. Like, I, I don't know where yeah. that fits into all this stuff. But, like, somewhere in the That's movie, true. I was like, I guess he got the stigmata? Is yeah. he a Jesus figure? Stabbed in the side, stabbed in the head, stabbed in the hands. I mean, it's right there. Yeah. I don't know what that means. Did he hang at any point? Did he hang at any point? Um, I don't think so. I don't think. He was like no. comatose for two days. Yeah. Also, yeah, that's the other thing. Is like, I'm pretty sure this whole thing took place over like four or five days. Yeah, no. It's kind of hard to gauge. Not, not a long, long span of time in there. But again, all in his head. I guess. But I feel like it's kind of almost like the phases of life 
like is what he was supposed to be representing here. Where oh yeah, because it starts with his birth. Yeah, it starts with his birth. Which we're there's... sitting here and I'm like, what the fuck is going on? Oh yeah. fuck, this is oh, him being born. being born. And I wait a little bit and then I lean over and I'm like, God damn it, is he getting birthed right That's now? That's how the movie starts. And you're like, yep. And I'm like, fuck this movie. Like, I mean, we're two minutes in and I'm like, fuck this movie. You're going to start this movie with your birth? The first part of the movie feels very much like a childhood thing where he, the world is big and scary. And then, like, you know, he, he ages, he finds his tribe with the people in the woods and shit. Yeah. Like, he kind of finds his people away from his family, his chosen family of sorts. Uh, and then this concludes with judgment at the end. Like, this feels like yeah. this is supposed to represent an entire life cycle of a person. I don't know if that's fun. <laughs> but yeah. uh, I, 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 I got to read more. I got to watch more and just... It's been so long since I had any religious classes, but that, again, seems like some, like, Jewish trials, tribulations of, like, your steps to becoming a man, your steps to adulthood, your steps to like having Maturity. a fulfilled life. Yeah. Yeah. Cause the movie is him, you know, being extremely immature, obviously. So could be something that has to do with that. This movie is not necessarily good, but it is definitely a movie worth talking about. It is. And just the fact that it's by Ari Aster makes me want to learn more about it. I almost feel, ugh, now that I say it out loud, I realize that that is true. I'm almost getting those vibes that I got when, like, you remember when we watched Prometheus and I was like, it has to mean something. Mm -hmm. It's Ridley Scott. God damn it. All these things have to add up to something. And I went, like, down this crazy rabbit hole just reading and watching and learning all kinds of shit. It's best if you don't remind me about that. Yeah. It makes me way less cool in my own eyes because <laughs> that movie just fucking sucks. Like, but the fact that this is Ari Aster makes me think that this is all deliberate. Everything seems intentional, and I, I want to learn more about it. But at the same time, I'm like, I didn't love, love the movie, so do I want to do this research? You could easily cut 30 minutes to an hour out of this movie. Oh, dude, fucking easy, easy. Like, it yeah. is long. As much as I loved the forest chapter, it's completely pointless. Yeah, yeah, there's so much of that shit. Dude, that, that play is, is 40 minutes of the movie. It's beautiful, though. It's absolutely it's beautiful. really neat. But it has zero point. No. But again, this is where I'm like, greedy Ari Aster, Xerxes on the throne in the 300, like, don't cut a thing. They'll watch it. This is mine. Yeah. And, I mean, he's not wrong. And at the same time, the weird thing about this is, is it's only eight minutes longer than Midsummer. Midsummer seems so much faster than this. Yeah. I love it. I mean, I'm still wearing my Midsummer shirt. Yeah, I love Midsummer. amazing. <laughs> yeah. So it's not like the guy's known for making quick and easy movies or anything like that. But, ooh, shit, man. This, this was just Art really House needed. Fableman's. Yeah. It, it, it really was. And it really needed some trimming down, in my opinion. Maybe like David Lynch made the Fableman's. Something like that, man. Something like that. God damn it. There's weird. just so much surreal aspects to it. Yeah. Which I don't even like I don't mind a surreal movie, but like a Dave Lynch, sure. Oh God, this is this was just so long. And about a character that's so pathetic and pathetic. childlike. I'm glad you said that because I would I had been avoiding that word this whole time. But he is. I mean, he he is completely scared of everything around him. He, and he doesn't know who he is. He's incredibly insecure. 
He doesn't know what to do with his body in the world. Like, he just... Man, baby. Yeah, he's so sad and insecure. It's not even pitiable. It's repulsive. Mm -hmm. Yeah, so it's kind of hard to, like, be on board with your main character who is, like... I mean, he he is, like, babbling like a baby for three hours. And he mumbles so much. Mumbles, yeah. Okay, P.S., I want to put this on a recording. If anybody talks to me about how he deserves an Oscar for this fucking role, I'm going to start throwing chairs. Toni Collette deserved an Oscar for Hereditary. All the Oscars. Period. She deserved every single award that is available for her performance in Hereditary. That was absolutely numbing how good she was. Yeah. And then all this man does is mumble and cry the entire movie. There's no peaks and valleys. He has no... Like, his biggest climax is when he actually climaxes. Yeah. (laughs) Like, that's it. Biggest moment in the movie, for sure. Like, everything else is just him sad and scared. There's not a lot of leverage. Yeah, not a lot of range going on in what he does in this. And just because it's a surreal movie, and he's not doing a bad job at being sad man baby, that is not award worthy. Yeah, totally agree. Totally agree with that. Man, it's it's hard. It's hard to love this movie. It's kind of hard to hate it in some ways too. I can't hate it. There are movies that I straight up, I'm like, this movie fucking sucks. I don't know why anybody likes it. Yes. There are other movies where I'm like, this movie fucking sucks, but it's an intro into the genre where I, you know, newbies need to watch this movie because they'll like it. And then they're going to see better movies. Cough, cough, evil dead rice. Yes. But this movie, I mean, I would put it at like a six and a half. I think it is beautiful. It is gorgeously shot it is absolutely gorgeous i suppose so but it's hard to say when i'll be in the mood to watch it again which again isn't even necessarily a bad thing i don't know when i'm in the mood to watch hereditary again dude like we did that on the show like two years ago and i've not watched it since because it's just so fucking punishing but it's also in the top three horror movies of all time so I have a hard time with my own gauges here with stuff like this in terms of if it's good or not, if I had fun or not, if I want to watch it again or not, um, and even how to rate this. Uh, I think I told some friends earlier, I said on a on a scale of one to weird, I rate it as a what? <laughs> and that's yeah, that's about all I've come up fair. with, honestly. You got anything else you want to say about it? No, it's, I mean, it's, I mean, by this point you should have already watched it. But, I mean, it's worth a watch. I... I straight up will never watch this movie again unless you do it for the show and then I watch it with you. Yeah, that's that's the next time that I'll watch it. But I I don't even know if we'll do it on the show because it's like, it's not really horror. It's not horror at all. And if I'm doing a wild card, I want to do a fucking Arnie movie, dude. Yeah. (laughs) That's what I want to do. It's fair. True Lies is a much fun time. Hell yeah. Funner? Much fun. Much more funner Much fun time. Yeah, I would much rather do a show on that than, than this. So there's that. Well, I want to know what you guys think about it on our socials. Our, uh, our Facebook group is a great place to hang out with everybody and please, share your thoughts. Please preface with spoilers. Yeah, yeah, always, always, always. But let us know your thoughts over there as well as our Instagram and Twitter and other places. Just find our Linktree page. It's where you can find all of our social outlets as well as our Patreon page where you can sign up at any level and get some bonus episodes and stuff as well as a uh, an, an opportunity to submit 
a movie of your choosing to the Smoking Bowl, which is drawn at random at the last week of every month if you join up at the $5 or more a month level. So sign up today over on our Patreon page. Thank you guys so much for listening to this episode. Look forward to hearing from you guys. And uh, yeah, stay afraid, Bo. Right? Bo or no? Maybe that's the rating system. Is it a Bo or is it a no? It's a no. It's a no? <laughs> if, if those are my choices. <laughs> I will say, though, oh my God, in, in our line of other great um, mass marketing product placement team-ups, I really think that Bojangles should have done a team-up with this movie. It's Bo time. Bo time. It's Bo time. Are they going to make opportunity a penis-shaped there. chicken? Actually, yes. That would be phenomenal. Penis monster in the attic. Penis monster nugs in the Bojangles <laughs> attic. All right, then. We'll catch you guys later. Bye. Bye.